Okay, AJ. So, would would you rather, if you were a god, your patron animal be cat or ibis? And the ibis is a bird. It's a very long-nosed bird. It's like it's like one of those birds that you see when you're out on the lake that have like the really long nose and the really big wings and they almost look like flamingos where they have the long legs and like the thin neck but the neck is long and they have a long beak. Mhm. Or a cat. Well, what kind of cat are they talking? Let's see. So this bird is by no means extravagant. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't want yeah. to say stupid little bird or tiger. You know what I mean? So yeah. let's say... Hmm, I don't even want to say house cat. You know what I mean? Because yeah. even then... Okay, let's see. A cat. What's a stupid cat? Is there a stupid cat out there? Yeah, the skinless ones. Oh gosh. Or skinless furless yeah. ones. Yeah. The the Sphinx cats. Sure. I don't fucking know what they are. They're fucking ugly. <laughs> they are. You have to like there's like some weird they're really good if you're allergic to cats. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> Sphinx cat. Here. Yeah, no, they're called the Sphinx cats. They're not very cute. They're they're pretty ugly. Yeah. Um, they look like ball bags. Like, there's just the babies, <laughs> especially with all the wrinkles. Yeah. I'll send you a photo. Okay. <laughs> but yes, so, Binks Cat or Ibis Bird? Uh, I'm 100% going Ibis Bird. Dang, I think I was going to do that as well. You're going Bird? Yeah, I think I was. Really That's surprising. Was... Well, yes, because for people, I'm sure they know. Uh, but if you're a new listener, I have two cats. They are not Sphinx cats, uh, because mine are actually cute. Um, <laughs> I love cats. I love cats so much. I'm a cat guy. I'm not a dog guy. I love dogs. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just more of a cat person. And... Let me tell you, AJ has met my cat. My cat is the size of a dog, so it kind of balances out. Uh, <laughs> you can say size of a dog, but my dogs are uh, a bit bigger. <laughs> you have, you have a, uh, uh, what is it, Dame? What is it? I have, I have a Great Dane. Great Dane, yeah. A German so, Shepherd. Yeah. <laughs> and a German Shepherd mix. Yeah, so that's not very fair, but... <laughs> My cat is the size of, like, a medium-sized dog. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. Sorry, go on a little tangent. Ali said the same thing. Medium-sized dogs are, like, as big as your cats, I guess. Mm-hmm. I have never grown up with any other size dog than... the. I think the smallest dog we have ever had was a lab. Yeah, which are still and... big dogs. Oh, yeah, they're they're big dogs, but... To me, like a a small lab, I guess, is a medium dog, not a large. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. You're talking about the uh the dogs that your your uh your parents have, right? Like... Well, fuck. We have been through. And no, we don't fucking <laughs> yeah. kill our dogs. I was gonna no. I was gonna say don't say a number. Thank <laughs> you. Don't think you we, kill them. We have been through. A lot of dogs. It fucking sucks. Yeah. Getting into shit, running away, just crap like that. The dogs we have now, or my parents have now, they've had them for fuck nine years now, eight years, something like that. Was it Ace and Bandit? Uh, what is it? Yeah. They are. Awesome. I don't remember what Bandit. I think Bandit's like a fucking. He's uh, the colored one, right? Yeah. He, he's, he's a mix of, I think, several, but. We think Ace is a boxer lab mix. Mm-hmm. He's very nice, very big too. Yeah, he, he, oh yeah, he's got they're that, massive. He's got that a uh, boxer head where like his head is massive. Yeah, they're both like over a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. I think he also has a Rottweiler. 
Mm-hmm. That dog is fucking huge. They're very nice. I love them very much. Oh, yeah. But yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a very big, big dog person. Mm-hmm. I've never been a fan of cats. But. He there's no say way he I likes my cat that. once. I do over. like Mancoon cats because mm-hmm. they're nice and fluffy. And most of the Mancoons I've at least dealt with have been nice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, any other cat I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, Mancoons are very um, family oriented cats. They're like the perfect cat if you have babies. They're a very. Uh, temperamental is the I mm-hmm. think is the right word where like they don't get angry easily and they don't like lash out like so you know my sister has little babies and my cat will just allow them to pull on his tail and grip their yeah. grip his hair and pull on it and he'll just if he gets tired of it he'll run to my room and <laughs> you know he'll hide there but he doesn't strike them yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly like our dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, if I were to ever get a dog, I would want a big dog. My dream oh, yeah. dog is a Newfoundland. I don't remember what those are. I can't place them anyway right now. Uh, they're nicknamed the Newfies, uh, but... Hold on. Can you pause it? Guys, we're back. Sorry about that. Um, I've just sent a link to Newfoundland dogs. So let's see what he thinks of these because these are, if I had a dog, I think this is the dog that I would want to have. That's a bear, dude. It's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's massive. Do you see the one oh, where he's being, like he's being groomed and he's literally the size of the girl that's grooming him? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know how good these would be to in like our area if it gets really hot you know are they going to be like huskies where like huskies can get overheated very easily yeah probably not a good idea because they have a ton of hair but yeah they're basically like and they like a newfoundland is like kind of like a saint bernard i think is what it is is it saint bernards that are like fucking kill wolves you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Super Nards are huge dogs. They don't have this long of fur, I don't think, though. Yeah, they're a little they're a little shorter haired, but like they're like bred to fucking hunt bears and wolves, like and protect like sheep and that kind of stuff. So But yeah, if I had a dog, that's what I would have. Anyways, anyways. <laughs> little tangent there. So we've decided we'd like the bird instead of the cat. Um, so our second would you rather is, would you rather have a battle of might versus the Sir Popperd? And the Sir Popperd is the harbinger of chaos. <laughs> uh, he is the body of a leopard and the head of a snake. Um, in some depictions... Oh, Oh, sorry. I think you're going to say it right here. Forgive me. <laughs> some some depictions have the head of the cat with just, like, the neck of the snake. Is that what you were going to say? Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think in most depictions, it is the body and the head and the neck of the snake. So, body and head of cat and neck of snake. Right. Um, so, basically, a leopard with, like, a seven-foot-long neck which is terrifying. Or would you rather have a battle of wits versus the Sphinx? And oh, I think man. I think everyone knows, you know, or has at least heard of the Sphinx uh, tells riddles. If you don't answer them right, you die. See, I didn't know until today we were looking up uh, would you rather that the Sphinx does riddles. Really? Yeah. The only riddle thing I knew of is Giannis. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, the Sphinx are basically, they guard wisdom, is in one way that it's put. Um, they're actually unaggressive, and 
they basically they're often female and they're not unaggressive but they're kind of like snobby right and they guard treasures or uh hoard knowledge and don't allow people to pass unless they can solve their riddles okay my question is so the punishment is death if you get the riddle wrong in in most cases yeah okay so what about in our case um okay how about we put it this way would you rather fight to the death with the sir poppard loser dies you know or mm-hmm. get locked in a room with the sphinx and if you cannot answer his rizzle, riddles you die so think about it as if you were back against the wall in some like really weird scenario and you have two doors in front of you you could die from either one would you rather chance it on your strength or would you rather chance it on your knowledge second question yes do i have like a pen and paper so i can like dissect this fucking riddle hmm let's say you have a single sword and a single uh I was going to say cell phone, but uh, <laughs> notepad, notepad and paper, uh, notepad and pen. Oh, okay. I'm taking Sphinx. Okay. I'm testing my fucking knowledge because I know damn well I'm not beating shit with my strength. You know? So. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I think initially I would lean towards the same thing, but I think realistically I would want to fight the Sir Poppard. Um, just because I feel like the Sphinx, which guards knowledge, would kind of try and screw you over. Maybe ask something that you literally would never know the answer to because the answer is like a word you've never heard of or an animal that you've never heard of. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know the extent of others' knowledge. I know the extent of my strength. And I would rather uh, go with the thing that I have more uh, faith in, which in a battle of knowledge, even though I am, you know, decently smart, I still think that the cards could be rigged against me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. But on my side, so I'm not neither smart or that strong. But I think I'm still taking the Sphinx. And the reason is because I feel like that's the only possible chance that I have. Well, I will say, I think generally the stuff, like the questions in the like stories that the Sphinx asks are pretty simple. Like the answers are actually pretty mundane and like common knowledge stuff. But it's phrased in a way that's very hard to figure out. I think I would rather try my hand with the sword because if I answer the question wrong and I just cannot figure it out, uh, I die. See, to me, it's I'm going to die either way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go down with, in my head, what is the highest possible chance of living, whether Your I get fucked chance. over or not. Yeah. And so I'm going to take the Sphinx. And I also absolutely love riddles. I'm mm-hmm. terrible at them, but I love doing riddles. <laughs> it's true. It's true. AJ would uh, use riddles in our D&D sessions all the time. So. Oh, yeah. And now that I remember that, this is kind of a no-brainer for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 100% going riddles. <laughs> okay. Okay. So now our third one is, would you rather lead the dead through the Duat. And the Duat is a very treacherous place. It is where the dead go before they get to the afterlife. Um, It is full of just ugly monsters, bad people. Um, The monsters that live in the Duat are described as having the body of a human, but the head and hands of, like, knives, animals, insects even fire 
So, would you rather lead a group of people through that area or be the one that judges the dead? I'm judging the dead. Okay. And the reason I'm judging the dead, this is a, I guess, a big personal one. I grew up in a pretty heavily, growing up, is pretty heavily Christian. Thou shall, you know, the whole thou shall not judge. And I felt like I've st- stuck to that through my whole life so far. I don't really judge people. Um, at least, I'm not going to say I don't because everybody judges whether you say so or not. But I at least don't judge them until I've talked to them and or done stuff, I guess, with them. Just hearing so, about them or seeing yeah, so being able to just say, okay, fuck you, bye. <laughs> just by a single site. Yeah, I'm down to that. Well, see, to me, honestly, this seems like a no-brainer. Uh, because, one, you have to fight monsters. Two, you just judge people. But I kind of want to change it up and say you have to judge people by the stories they tell you. And if you're wrong, you get punished. Um, cause then Do it I kind have of, a... Sorry. I was going to say, because then it kind of puts like a little bit of actual danger. That makes you want to do your job right. You know what I mean? And that yeah, makes it I... harder to do it. Do I have any type of like scale that can help me weigh the so... pros and cons, I guess? So, in Egyptian mythology, they would take the heart of the person being judged and they would place it on a scale. On the other end of the scale, they would put a feather. And if the heart had basically sins um, that were heavier than the weight of a single feather... Uh, then their heart was eaten by Amit the Devourer, and they were sent to Egyptian hell. That okay. seems pretty easy, because you don't actually do anything. You just put their heart on the scale, and then it, you know, it's not yeah. hard to, to determine from there or not. So, I don't know, man. That's a little... How would we do that, then? I think I'm still... <laughs> Either situation, I'm skill or not, I think I'm still judging people. Mm-hmm. See, the only reason I would say I would rather lead the dead through the duot is because this is basically a would you rather be raw or would you rather be Anubis? Because Anubis judges the dead and raw leads the dead through the duot. And if you remember, I actually talked about how the monsters in the Duat were mostly scared of Ra. They say right. there's actually like two depictions of the story. Uh, in one depiction, he fights through them and comes out unharmed every single time. And then the other depiction is that the monsters are kind of terrified and stay away from him. In that case, yeah, I'd kind of like to be Ra because he is, you know, omniscient and super fucking powerful i guess yeah. in, in that situation yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to be taking raw side but i'm how i was thinking of it we were just some schmojo yeah god and they're not we would have to fucking fight our way through every single day yeah you might would... get proficient at it or whatever but not... i'm still going judging honestly i, I don't know yeah, yeah, I'm going judge because I feel like, and they have they tell me their story, and I feel like you can think you're a pretty good judge of character. Not necessarily judge a character. I just feel like I I can catch somebody in a lie pretty easily. Okay. Yeah. Well, everybody has a telltale sign when they lie. Mm-hmm. And so just you were fucking... you guys a hint, if you don't know when they're. It's when their voice gets high pitched, usually lying. And or if they look to the left. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So high pitch. Look to the left, and the third one is they just get jittery. I guess. Mm-hmm. Anxious. Are, yeah. Yeah. They get anxious. Those are three really big ones. Mm-hmm. There's an entire study, by the way, on how to tell if people are lying or telling the truth based off the movements of their eye, and it's mm-hmm. actually like has scientific evidence behind it because your eyes will actually move in certain directions depending on how you are thinking how your brain is working through certain things like if you're remembering something your eyes look to the right and if you're making up something they look left which is why i say if you see someone like talking and they keep looking left or their eyes look left they're probably making it up or lying right but there's also it's really it's weird and it's really really hard but you can get around it if you know what you're if you realize what you're doing or if you realize what you're going to do you can stop it you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah like it's not a it's not a perfect science because people can control themselves it's just more like people don't expect it you know what i mean yeah. Like if you were talking to a salesperson on the street, they're not going to expect you to to know like the tells of lying. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah. It probably wouldn't help so much in the case if you were like interrogating someone. But true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the reason I brought up Anubis is because we actually have a story about him later. It's a short story. I have two mm-hmm. shorter stories today. Um, one about ISIS and one about Anubis. Um, and I will start with the Isis one, longer of the two. It is called Isis and the Seven Scorpions. It is actually told from the perspective of Isis. Oh, shit. So you'll hear me speak, um, and say, like, I instead of she, uh, because of the way the story is written. Um, so basically, if I remember right, Uh, Because it's not written down. But if I remember right, this story takes place either while Isis was pregnant with Horus or right after. Okay. I am Isis, the great goddess, the mistress of magic, the speaker of spells. I came out of my house, which Brother Set had given to me, for Thoth had called for me. Thoth, uh, which is the Egyptian god of knowledge. Uh, So, it says, He called, and I came forth when Ra descended in glory to the western horizon of heaven, and it was evening. And with me came the seven scorpions. Their names were Tefen, Befen, Mestet, Mestefef, Petet, Thetet, and Matet. Sorry, that's the first time I've said those out loud. (laughs) Um, And she says, Behind me were Tefen and Befen. On either side were Mestet and Mestefif. In front were Petet, Thetet, and Metet. Clearing the way that none should oppose or hinder my journey. I called aloud, and my words rang through the air and entered into their ears. Beware the black one, call not the red one, and look neither at children nor at small helpless creatures. Uh, so I think in here, black one could possibly be set, but red one could also possibly be set. Um, otherwise, I have no idea who those are. Okay. I have no idea who those could be uh, like alluding to. I think Ra's color is red, but I think Set is also um, kind of associated with that color. Like, I think he creates sandstorms that have, like, that are red. Um, but I think she's kind of, basically what she's doing is telling the scorpions, like, you know, you're protecting me, but don't attack children or creatures that, like, don't know what they're doing. But, like, if a fucking lion tried to attack her... Or if a man tried to attack her, then the scorpions would come out and fuck him up, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
it says that she wandered through the land of Egypt and came near houses where the marsh people dwelt. And the name of one of the women in the area was Glory, though some called her Strength. She stood at her door, and from afar she saw me, wayworn and weary. Uh, I would. F it says, I would fain have sat me down in her house for rest. Uh, and what I think that means is, I would like her to take me in and let me rest. But when I started to speak to her, she shut the door in my face, for she feared the seven scorpions. I went farther, and one of the marsh women opened her door, and in her house I rested. But Mastet and Mastephith, Patet, Thetet, Malet, and Befin also came together and laid their poison upon the sting of Tefin. Thus his sting had sevenfold power. Tefin returned to the home of the woman Glory, who she had closed her door against me. The door was shut, but between it and the threshold was a narrow space. Through this space, Tefin creeped and entered into the house, and stung with seven times power the poison, the son of the woman. So fierce and burning was the poison that the child died, and fire broke out in the home. Which, damn. Uh, <laughs> she didn't tell him to do that, uh, so they did it on their own. Uh, I guess they really did not like that someone said no and wouldn't hear out Isis. Um, Isis didn't really care at first, uh, but the scorpions were like, you're not doing that. So huh. they killed her son. <laughs> God damn. Apparently the poison was so strong that it started a fire. Don't know how that happens, but it does. We're just going to roll with it. <laughs> it's actually um, acid. You think so? <laughs> I, think I don't it, know. I think maybe like it, it burned through his body and into the floor and caused like a torch to crumble off the wall. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Possible. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But, somehow, a fire started. The woman Glory cried and lamented, but no man listened to her, and heaven itself sent water upon her house. Uh, her heart was full of sorrow when she remembered how she had shut the door in my face. I would have rested in her house. The sound of her grief came to my ears, and my heart swelled with sorrow. I turned back and went to where her dead child lay. And I, Isis, the mistress of magic, whose voice can awake the dead, called aloud the words of power, the ones that even the dead can hear. I laid my arms upon the child that I might bring life to the lifeless. Cold and still he lay, for the sevenfold poison of Tefan was in him. But I spoke magic spells to the poison of the scorpion, saying, O oh, poison! come out of him, and fall upon the ground. Advance not, penetrate no further, come out of him, fall into the ground. For I am Isis, the speaker of spells. After I spoke the spell, the child recovered, and the fire was stopped. The rain from heaven had stopped. And the woman glory brought all her wealth, her bracelets and her neck ornaments, her gold work, silver work, and all to the house of the marsh woman and laid them at my feet in token of repentance that she had shut the door upon me. To this day, men make dough of wheat flour kneaded with salt and lay it upon the wound made by the sting of a scorpion, and over it they recite the words of power, which I recalled over the child of glory, for I am Isis, the great enchantress. And that is the first story. Okay. <laughs> so, this one uh, doesn't really have a whole lot of meaning, but I did like the fact that it included scorpions, because yeah. we had never spoken about that. To, to the listeners out here, um, I have owned three scorpions before in my, in my life. I've had two black forest scorpions, or black emperor scorpions, and I've had one desert long hair. I love them. I was also like 12 when I owned them. Uh, they were awesome. Uh, so I 
not gonna lie, even though this one doesn't, this story doesn't have a huge significance, uh, I just thought it was cool because I like scorpions. I was like, oh damn, I've had those before. So, you know, I read it, and I liked it. I thought it was yeah. nice that Isis had done something nice for once and fixed up, uh, basically her fuck up. Uh, yeah. Not that, not that she told the scorpions to go, but she probably should have kept a better rein on them or better leash. So. Yeah. Because of that, uh, a kid died and a house burnt to the ground. Uh, but then she was like, ah, oh, you know, I guess I'll make this right, and she did. So. Another reason I did the story was Isis had done something nice, and we have not heard of that yet. We think she's a bitch. We don't like her. So, the second story I have is about Anubis. Anubis is technically the first ruler of the underworld. And Anubis does not stop being the ruler of the underworld, more like he shares it with Osiris. And as we've talked about on my previous episode, Osiris is killed by Set, because uh, Osiris was the ruler of Egypt. And then uh, Set got jealous and cut him into a bunch of tiny little pieces. And I did, <laughs> by the way, while I was researching this, you remember how the story that I talked about never mentioned there being a piece missing, but you remembered there being a piece missing? Yeah. The story that I was reading about today mentioned that. Mentioned that there is a piece missing. And because he was not made whole, he could only stay for one day. In the morning, uh, after Isis and, and Osiris had laid in bed, uh, she woke up alone uh, because Osiris had descended to the underworld. And basically, Anubis was like, whoa, I have, you know, a lot of uh, respect for you, I guess. <laughs> so, um, it'll it'll explain it in the story. Um, Osiris doesn't really. I'm not gonna say Anubis like gets pushed to the side, but Anubis does kind of step down, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They almost share it together, but Osiris becomes the figurehead if that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, let's let's go through this. Anubis, one of the best-known gods, famously depicted as a crouching jackal or a man with a jackal's head. Anubis serves as the god of mummification. Now, Anubis took over as the god of mummification, uh, uh, let me let me rephrase that. He becomes the god of mummification. He doesn't take over. Um, when Osiris comes down, Anubis gives kind of like steps down and lets Osiris kind of rule with him, but gives him the main figurehead. And Osiris, uh, sorry, not Osiris, and Anubis becomes a god of other things. Uh, so at that point whenever he lets uh, Osiris take that figurehead role, Anubis becomes the god of other things. For example, mummification. Um, okay. So, mummification is basically um, an ancient Egyptian technique of embalming the dead. I'm sure everyone's heard of the, the term mummy in their lives. Um, pretty simple. Uh, they use certain fluids, they take out the organs, put them in jars, and uh, they basically empty the inside of a dead person out, put it all into jars, and then they close you back up and wrap you in like linen cloth, and that's how you become a mummy. I don't, I'm not going to lie, I don't know why they take the organs out. Do you happen to know why? Um, I don't. I would assume it's something like how them decaying could maybe make the rest of the body decay. I don't fucking mm -hmm. know. What I will say is that in Egyptian, uh, what is it, culture, that's the word I'm looking for, um, if your body was not preserved, you basically 
didn't get into uh, Egyptian heaven. Um, it was a big thing for them. One of the so reasons... Like, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, like, it, it sounds to me like only the most known or most important people. Because isn't that all the people that were, like, mummified, really, were the most important people? Well, no, I don't think so. Because mummification was a very large thing in Egyptian culture, but the pharaohs and the kings of Egypt were mummified and placed in pyramids. And it was so... It was something about the shape of the pyramid would allow them to enter the highest level of heaven, I think is what it was. I don't know if that's written down. I don't think it is. But I think I read somewhere today that the shape of the pyramid helped uh, basically your soul move to a higher level, like faster or immediately, if that makes sense. So I think that if you were just like your average Joe Schmo, you were still mummified if you were lucky. Probably, you know, like the very poor weren't mummified. They were probably just thrown into a ditch. Uh, but I think if you had a family and were like middle class, you could get embalmed and then like put in a grave. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think so. But it was something about the pyramids and the shape of the pyramids that elevated pharaohs to a higher level. Because otherwise, uh, Egyptian heaven would be very empty. Yeah. Anubis's main center of worship was at Kinopolis. Kinopolis, which means dog city. Uh, the culture of ancient Egypt existed for thousands of years, and over time, the role of Anubis changed, uh, which is whenever Osiris uh, was revived and then went back to the afterlife. That is when that role change happened. Okay. Um. Oh, here we go. This is this is good. Thousands of years ago in ancient Egypt, jackals would dig up bodies buried in shallow graves and feed on them. To ancient Egyptians who thought that a person's body needed to be preserved in order to enjoy the afterlife, this was a fate worse than death. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, like, if somebody was, I feel like how they thought of it was, uh. This is totally skeptical, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's... Or, fuck. I'm trying to think of a better way to word it. Sounds like, to me, that if a jackal comes and feeds on a mummified body, that person wasn't really worthy to be mummified. You know, another way that you could maybe look at it, maybe this will make sense to you, is if your body was dug up by jackals, then your heart weighed more than a feather. So your heart was devoured and you were sent to Egyptian hell. And because of that, your body was no longer needed to be whole because you right. wouldn't. So like, maybe they thought of it like they saw it as a sign. Like, oh, yeah, I saw I saw jackals had dug up the grave of uh, fucking, you know. Bill. Yeah, Bill. So, guess that means Bill was a shitty person and his heart weighed more than a feather with the sin he had. And they just went on with life. Yeah. That would kind of make sense to me. Yeah. So, to ancient Egyptians who thought that a person's body needed to be... Oh, I already said that. Oops. Okay. <laughs> We're going to keep going. <laughs> Consequently, uh, people would pray and make offerings to Anubis to spare the bodies of their loved ones. In this way, the jackal became associated with dead, and Anubis was worshipped as the god of the underworld. As burials became more complex, another pest became a threat. Grave robbers. After powerful people died, they would be buried with their favorite possessions and other valuable objects. Ancient Egyptians believed that the deceased could enjoy these objects, but the value of the goods would often attract thieves. To ward off these grave, robber, uh, grave robbers, uh, stone carvers would uh, carve into like tombs uh, sculptures and carvings of Anubis. 
uh, priests would inscribe curses into the walls, invoking the you know Anubis and promising punishment in this life to anyone who desecrated the tombs. So he was also kind of the god of protecting the dead, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because he would basically place, he would, I don't know if he placed the curse, or if the curse was basically that he would punish them if they desecrated the grave. Um, but basically, later in Egypt, Osiris rose to prominence and replaced Anubis as ruler of the dead. Uh, he retained an important role in mythology, However, he was credited with inventing the mummification process, enabling mortals to live on in the afterlife. Wow, okay. Yes. And I guess I guess right here it says that Thoth created the scales that Anubis would weigh the hearts on. Which makes sense cuz you know, he's the god of knowledge. If anyone would know what your life would be like, it would be him. So, he probably created something like could immediately read your heart and like look at your sins and then weigh it based off that. Yeah. That is all for me today. That is the end of that story. Um not really a story if that makes sense. It gives a little little bit of a backdrop, but there is no actual story of but I did like it because it gave us a little bit more information about Anubis. And personally, I really like Anubis. Uh, so maybe after this, I'll see if I can do an actual story on him. Instead yeah, of uh, cool. instead of an information dump. <laughs> <laughs> so which one was your favorite? Which uh, story is my favorite? Yeah. Definitely the second one. I, I like learning i like i like the whole information mm -hmm. getting more information so i know i really like learning about one individual god at a time because i really like i guess digging deep into uh that mm -hmm. god and learning about specifically them yeah so i, I did like that second one a lot about uh anubis mm-hmm gave you a bit more information kind of probably I... fill in a little bit of i guess gaps in knowledge yeah because i really don't know i know the bare minimum of egyptian mythology mm -hmm. well good i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah uh, next episode will be your turn yeah, and I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. Going to change it up a little bit, he says. This yeah. is funny, viewers, because you're not going to know jack shit. I know a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I give you a little teaser. But uh, I will not be doing Norse mythology next week. Mm -hmm. Wanted to take a slight break from it. Mm -hmm. I will also likely be taking a break from Egyptian mythology. And I think next story that I do, I will talk about something else. Um, now, I think I will give them a little teaser. Uh, AJ doesn't have to. AJ likes to be, he likes to be vicious. He doesn't, he, he wants everyone fucking chomping at the, the bits. Like, you know, he doesn't I'll, want anyone to know anything. <laughs> I'll give a teaser. Really? Yeah. Okay. Here, here's my teaser. One of the... I would say probably one of the most known and or strongest gods in probably just about any mythology. Okay. Don't tell him what type it's from. I won't. Okay. Good. Good, good, I mean, good. honestly, that teaser might even just give it away to the people that know. But <sighs> Nah. Because they could think it's like the fucking, you know, um, Indian purple goddess that has like nine arms they all hold swords you know yeah <laughs> it's not that one i'll tell you that <laughs> how do you know uh because i know <laughs> <laughs> okay okay but so aj will be doing that um instead of telling you a little bit about the story i will just straight up say it is going to be 
uh, cryptid. It will be a cryptid story. It is, and I hope you guys like this, and I hope you're okay with it, because some of you might not consider, I think it's technically called cryptology, um, and some of you might not consider that mythology. Um, I'm not going to tell you which one I'm doing. It will be a fairly well-known one, in my opinion, uh, but it's not going to be boring. I'll put it that way. I feel like it's a very well-known Western Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen any, uh, let's say, like, for example, Asian, African, um, like, you know, uh, versions of this, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely more related to our continent and, you know, like, North America, Mexico, um... North America, Central America. Yeah. Even, like, Canada, I would say. But... That's part of North America, dummy. Oh, yeah. I just... North America, to me, is America. Canada's not... We don't like them. No. America is a fucking continent, dog. Yeah. We're, we're America United is States America. of America. Yeah, but we're, like, the ones that... You know, we have viewers in, like, Canada and stuff, so I'm not going to say we're the ones that matter. <laughs> oh, you're fucking dumb. No, I know I'm not. I was taking over your role. You're the very patriotic <laughs> one. And I was over here like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go, America. Everyone else sucks. Canada, you're not America. America is America. I am very patriotic, but I am also a humongous geography nerd and or just uh <laughs> geography in general just i love history in general i huge nerd man you really so, took that fucking fourth grade and mr whatever his name class where you had uh, to learn with the uh the animated thing oh no 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 i know what you're talking about that was seventh grade mr prather oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. mr prather that dude was scary looking when we were in seventh yeah, grade. Yeah, he was pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, all right, class, today we're going to learn about continents. I have a video. And you play it, and it's like the anim... It's, they're called like the anim something. It's just like New Mexico, Canada. You know? I don't, I don't know why, but I loved it. Yeah, it was funny. I liked it. I like doing it. I do like, I do like geography a lot. I feel like those are also the easiest tests to pass. It doesn't oh, change. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay, well, uh do you think we have anything else? Um I I don't think so. Okay. Well, um guess today's title will be Anubis, and so look out for that. Uh if you're if you're listening. That's the episode you clicked on, so congrats, you found it. Um, <laughs> but I think if that's the case, then you know, I guess we'll we'll plug the link tree. How about that, huh? Yeah. So, anyways, guys, uh, thanks for listening this time. Um, we're gonna have the link tree plugged in the Podbean episode. Uh, it'll be in the description. Click on that, and it'll show you everywhere you can contact us. Find us on social media, Facebook email twitter um what else is on there discord oh yeah that was, i thought i was missing a big one discord yeah. is discord is the big one guys we really love for people to join our discord uh, we're trying to get it set up in the way that like you you know you join and you're like immortal but <laughs> as you you know like maybe we'll get because i have a bot that i can get us that's like uh, as you type and talk more in the Discord, you get levels. So it's like every five or ten levels, you know, you get upgraded from like a mortal to like a demigod or something like that, you know? We, we could go through the, uh... oh shit, classes, I guess? You know yeah. what I mean? Like peasant, fucking noble... Yeah. All that, all that bullshit up to Kings. and then demigod. I know demigods aren't like necessarily above uh like, like a, a pharaoh class. or king yeah 
Yeah, but they are stronger, more more powerful. Older. So we'll put yeah. them above them. Yeah. So you know for sure, join our Discord. It's free. Um, you don't have to pay. So just go ahead, get in there. Uh, Biggest plus. Yeah. <laughs> get in there. And uh, you know we have a suggestions channel. So if you would like to hear something from us, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Is hop in our Discord and just talk to us. Um, we have a general chat if you just want to come ask questions, but if you'd like to suggest something, you could always hop in and actually just be like, hey, I think you guys should do this. And then we'll be like, yeah, that's a smart idea, or fuck you, ban, and you're gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we, I don't think we'll do that. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, you know, me and AJ record in uh, the voice chat in our Discord uh, in a thing called Olympus. That's where we record. So... <laughs> Yeah, we have it set up too. If we ever want, or anybody really wants to, we'll eventually maybe throw somebody else in with it so we can have. It's not only set up for two people can get in here. We have a max of three people in our voice chat, so we can always have like somebody added in here for a full episode, whatever like that. Mm -hmm. Special guests. Who knows, man? You know what I think would be cool? If we get enough people, let's do a QA session. Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, like we'll be like, all right, everyone that wants to ask a question. Get in the general chat and just dick around for 10 minutes and we'll just one by one drag someone up into the chat with us. They can ask us a question or two. We can answer, talk to them, and then get them out of there and get someone else in once they're happy, you know? Yeah. That'd be cool. But I really need you guys love, to make it happen. really love our Discord to get big. That'd be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost thought about um putting it on... Like, there's a list of, like, you can look up, like, discords, and there's, like, a list of, like, a million discords, and you can type in, you know, like, hashtags and stuff, and it'll show you, you know, every discord that in their thing, they have that hashtag, and you can, um, like, I think pay to get your discord recommended to people, so maybe we'll do that. Anything else? Anything else you want to tell the people? Um, I don't think so. Okay, well, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. And I'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace out.